How is everyone? Please be seated. So good to see you on Sunday morning. It's August, it's hot. Yeah. For Scotland. It depends by which standards you measure hot, doesn't it? And uh, so, so good. Hope you're having a good time. Is my shirt. I tell you what, I'm having terrible problems with my shirt this morning. I'm halfway through worship and I'm thinking to myself, I feel loose. And I realise my shirt's come untucked and so I tuck it back in and then I'm halfway back through worship again. And it's untucked itself again and it's just basically got a law of its own. I don't really want to flash my belly button at you. And um, my shirt is just terrible. So here we go. If you see my belly button, you're blessed. You can tell me if I need to clean it. Anyway, so... (laughs) Do you know, sometimes I let myself down. I know... I just go there. I I think I shouldn't have gone there. And Cheryl looks at me. And we have a little conversation after church. And uh, I repent. (laughs) I say I won't do it again. And then I do. (laughs) Fantastic. We're doing our Freedom Series now. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 to 18. I'm going to read the uh, New Living Translation. For this verse, it says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We've been going over the last few months, uh, uh, last few weeks, uh, feels like months, last few weeks we've been going over this freedom series about where the Holy Spirit is and, and what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life that we might know that freedom, that liberty, that joy, that power and that presence. You know, this is the thing about the Holy Spirit. Where He is, He changes what is. Where He is, He changes what is. So that nothing is left unaffected by His presence. And so we want to know that the Holy Spirit is in every aspect of our life because we want His presence to change and to touch every part of our being, all, every part of our life, our dreams, our future, our hope, the things that we are hungering after, that God's hand may be upon every part of us. Amen? When I was a child growing up, um, I grew up, as you know, in a, in a big family. And there are many times when my, my parents, they weren't around. Um, it was just me and my siblings. And um, they would be, parents would be sort of out hunting for food, etc. And a uh, big family, you've got to sort of hunter-gatherers. And uh, so, so they would be sort of working hard. Dad would be in the workshop. Mum would be down the garden. And, and uh, there would be a lot going on. And then it was just me and my siblings. And, and when it was just like kids together time, there, a whole new law system breaks out. And it's, the, it's the, the strongest one wins. And, uh, and so my eldest brother, Richard, who, who they're all coming up this week for um, Heidi and Chaz's wedding, which is on Friday. And uh, I had to mention that. I had to mention that. 
And uh, so, um, and uh, they're coming, my oldest brother Richard, he, um, uh, he was obviously the, the, uh, the oldest boy in the house, and so he was the toughest and strongest, and he would keep us um, under control. And uh, in fact, I remember my, uh, my brother Mike, who, who's uh, immediately above me in age, um, he was, uh, Mike was the, it was, was the mouthy one. He was the one who would take on anyone in an argument. Um, adults, uh, kids, didn't matter who they were. He was determined to have a, an argument. And so Rich would, would pick him up. And we had this sort of porch roof. It was a sloping roof, but it was... And Rich would pick him up and throw him onto the porch roof so he couldn't get down and, uh, and leave him there. And uh, so... And we would have... Um, we would have these... Uh, um, sort of these fights and we would have these and, and basically anything would happen anything could happen we would have we would play dangerous great games where we would throw bricks at each other and see if you could win you would hide and throw a brick and whoosh, and you throw another one back and and uh, we used to have giant darts this size and we used to throw the, there was meant to be a game that you played with it where the person you threw the darts into a circle, but we decided throwing them at people were more exciting. And uh, so, and there were all kinds of, we used to play dares, and uh, I remember being dared to go and let the tyre down on a, on a tractor in the field next to the house, and uh, so, or, or let some air out the tyre. That, that, that was the dare. I went to let air out the tyre, and uh, um, what I discovered was that as I pressed the air valve, it, it screamed really loudly, and then wouldn't stop screaming, and, uh, and the air wouldn't stop coming out, and so we all legged it, of course. And, uh, and so there was, family life was, was kind of, you, you kind of like, you, you had to run the gauntlet of, of big family life, and that's what big families are like. Bedtime particularly, there were three of us in a bedroom, me, my brother Mike, and my brother uh, Jeff, and, and it was normally, because when there's three of you, one person's the odd one out. And at bedtime, any one of us could be the odd one out. It, it was just it, it took turns. Sometimes it kind of would be two or three nights. We would be me and Mike would be having a go at my brother Jeff, and and then Mike and Jeff were twins, and so they would be having a go at me quite a bit. And uh, and so and there would be this kind of there, there would, and you just had to survive bedtime till everyone went to sleep. And there would be all kinds of things. There'd be sort of fighting going on, and and all kinds of tricks going on. And it was but here was the deal, right? As soon as my parents came in, everything changed. Because here's the thing. The rule of parents supersedes the rules of kids. Here's the thing about the Holy Spirit, right? When the Holy Spirit is in your life, regardless of the crazy world that you live in, the rule of the Holy Spirit supersedes the rules of your life. And so we have to understand what well, it doesn't matter the crazy world you live in and the crazy things that you get up to. What happens is that the Holy Spirit supersedes everything else that is going on around you. It says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. See, freedom is having the life of the Holy Spirit superseding the crazy world that we live in. That's freedom. It's living by a higher rule. Yeah. 
One of the well-known um, uh, analogies used is that the law of gravity, we know the law of gravity well, we have suffered it many times. But the law of gravity is superseded by the law of aerodynamics. We were looking at aeroplane, we were driving through dice, uh, driving past on the way home, and uh, there was an aeroplane coming into land, and there's, this, there's that kind of moment, that angle, where you're looking at an aeroplane, it doesn't look like it's moving. And you see this thing, it's hundreds of tons in weight, and it's a huge thing, and it's just... And you're looking at it, and your natural brain goes, still goes. It should just... <laughs> It should just drop, really, shouldn't it? I mean, you know, it's a big metal thing. It's hundreds of tons. And it's not. It's just... And you're looking at it going, you know you fly in aeroplanes. I've flown in hundreds of aeroplanes um, all over the world. But your still head kind of scratches a bit because the law of aerodynamics supersedes the laws of gravity. The Holy Spirit, His laws supersede the things of this world and that's where our liberty and that's where our freedom comes from. Let me just read to you this again, this verse again in Romans 8 and verse Romans 8 and verse 11 it says this but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. So what is it that the Holy Spirit gives that causes life? What does He give? What is, what is the Holy Spirit giving? I think what we need to do is we need to go back a bit and, and just go back and see what, what has Christ done? Because this is, all about the, this is all about Jesus Christ. We have to understand. When we, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, as a pastor, I want to build a church where people live in the life the power, the freedom, and the joy of the Holy Spirit. That is a, a critical part of our being. But I don't want to build a church where people are emotional, weird, psyched out, fruit bats, who use the excuse of being weird and call it the Holy Spirit. Because some people do. Okay? Neither having grown up in a world of cranial religiosity of dependability and of that just that place of consistent you just know exactly what's going to happen next where there's no emotion no expression no freedom no sense no presence no life it's just I don't want that either because to be honest with you that's also weird who in their right mind sits in the most boring atmosphere dead dull who in their right minds sits in a place that stinks of old moths and wood? I don't know. I used to do it every day. My parents did it every day. Some people still do it and they like it. I don't know why. I don't like it. I think it's weird. But what I want is God. Yeah. And what I want is a church that wants God. So I don't want weird and emotional and I don't want cranial and I don't want like that just formality, what I do want is a church that finds God. Here's the thing. The weird emotional and the the cranial like just boring, they're all the same. They, They are the same thing. You know why they're the same thing? Because they're just people being people without God. 
They're calling it church, but God isn't there. And they, they create an atmosphere and say, this is God. But that isn't God anymore than, than anything else is God. What is God is the place where our hearts are open, that we know His presence and we walk with Him daily, that He speaks into our heart and He leads us into victory. He leads us into a place of wisdom and understanding. He breaks through into our world, superseding the circumstances of our life and bringing His hand of blessing and strength upon it. He comes in supernatural power. There are times and moments in our life when we are healed. There are moments in our life where financial breakthroughs come thundering in. There are times in our life when it's just the consistency of His presence walking through with His Scripture daily being added to our heart. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, strengthening your life and giving you an understanding, an edge of the, on this world, knowing that as we walk with Him, we're building a life, not for this world, but as Ricky said this um, earlier, for eternity. That is, the, that is the life that we want to build with the Holy Spirit. So as I step back at what the, Jesus Christ has done, we have to understand that when Jesus Christ is on the cross, he's taking the weight of humanity's wickedness upon his shoulders and he sinks into death because of the weight of it. He's dragged down by the weight of that death and he's taken into the pit of death But because of his purity and his innocence, he gains a victory over it. The Bible says he takes the keys of death and hell and he takes victory. The Bible says that he preaches the gospel. He declares and speaks and and that speaks of those, uh, those who died in faith before Christ. That's another story. We're not going to get into that. And so Jesus Christ, he gains a victory. He leads those who had died in faith into a place of victory in him. And he gains a victory. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is raised back to life. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus back to life, will give life to your mortal bodies. Now it's important to understand what that life is. To understand the life that he will give us, we have to understand the life that he gave Jesus Christ. Are you with me here? The Holy Spirit gave life, natural life, back to Jesus Christ as he's gaining victory by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is raised back to life. And the Bible says in Romans 8, let me read it to you again. In Romans 8 and verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit. So what this verse is saying is it's, it's giving the authenticity of the work and it's giving a description of the type of work that the Holy Spirit is going to do in your life. It says, but the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead. Now that's a way of saying, that's like describing David Cameron in 40 years. In 40 years time, half the country won't know who David Cameron is, Right? David Cameron, for those of you who don't know, he's Prime Minister. Okay, here we go. So David Cameron's Prime Minister 
He's Prime Minister at the moment. In 40 years' time, we'll all forgotten him. He's probably in an old people's home somewhere. And uh, there he is. And so David Cameron, he'd be an old man, and half the country won't know him. And they will some, some, his name will come up in conversation. And as it comes up in conversation, they would go, oh, David Cameron, who used to be the Prime Minister, so to give authenticity to who he was, we describe what he did. So the Holy Spirit, the authenticity of the Holy Spirit's work in your life is described by what he did with Jesus Christ. That's, the, that's why we know that the Holy Spirit is doing something significant in our life. Because this is the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Suddenly we're like, the Holy Spirit is working, he's giving life to me. Whoa, that's important. That's like, that's prime minister important. That's authentic. But then it says, as he raised Jesus from the dead, so he gives life. That's, as he's giving life to you, the same life, the same power action he added to Christ, he's adding to you. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the same power action that raised Jesus from the dead raises you into a new life. Well, the same power action supersedes the life you were controlled by and gives you a new life. Amen? And so we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your life. When um, Cheryl and Heidi were going um, away for a weekend somewhere and Heidi wanted to wear these shoes that she'd worn uh, before and I think Hattie's wedding and she'd got mud on the heels. All the ladies know the problem. You walk, you have lovely white shoes, you walk across a muddy field because that's what ladies do for some weird reason. And uh, so they walk across a muddy field and she had white heels like this and... And halfway up was mud. So Cheryl gets them out, she looks at them, she tries to clean them. It's not coming off. You know what it's like. It's a terrible problem, I understand. <laughs> satin. The heels were satin. Ooh. And uh, so... <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> they were Satan. And uh, so... <laughs> so... So... I... When Cheryl and Heidi had gone out, I looked at those heels and thought, I can fix those. Come on now. And uh, so I took a hold of the bleach, the bleach that I used to clean the sink. Yeah, but I'm good with that stuff. I, uh, I use bleach on everything. And... I always, I'm always saying, Cheryl, just bleach it. It's, it's ruined. Just bleach it. Who cares? If it's ruined, you're not going to ruin it anymore, are you? And so I get the bleach and I, I take a hold of the bleach and just gently, very carefully, I get a hold of the shoes and I restore the shoes to almost their pre-ruined condition. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I am that man. And... But here's the thing, you see, the bleach is using the same power action that cleans my sink, gets rid of all those coffee stains and grime and dirt that builds up around your sink. You know that 
thing that happens in your sink and you, you use bleach, you clean it down, it all sparkles. The same power action restores these very precious little shoes. It's a different environment, but it's the same power action. The Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead uses the same power action in raising Christ from the dead is working in your life. Same power action bringing a restoration into your heart and into your life. And so we have to understand that the Bible is speaking to us about a life that is being imparted into you. Now, I'm going to read to you the King James Bible. Who likes the King James? Yeah, there's a few people here that like the King James. It's got, a, it's got a certain poetic rhyme to it. I learned to read reading the King James Bible. And um, yeah, it, I learned to lisp that way as well. Anyway, it says in Romans chapter 8, I'm going to read Romans chapter 8 from the King James Version. It says this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead will, shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. This word, the King James Bible uses this word quicken. Quicken isn't, is a word you can't say slowly, isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> quicken. It ruins the word, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit, there, this word quicken, it means to add life at a supernatural capacity. It means to, to bring something beyond its normal environment, its normal growing conditions. It means to add life. Your life is quickened by the Holy Spirit. We've been growing plants in the garden and looking at them. And, and as we've been growing them, Cheryl comes along, she looks, oh, I think they need feeding. And so... Uh, feed is added to the water and as she adds feed so you come back in a week's time and the plants have just exploded what happens they are quickened by the thing which has been added the Holy Spirit quickens your life I want you to understand that there is a superseding of life of the Holy Spirit that is quickens my life is quickened by the Holy Spirit as I open up my heart and my life to Him. Now, I want you to understand, as you're hearing this, you're thinking, well, that's wonderful, but, but how does that really happen? Because a lot of the time we, we, we look at the Bible and we read the Bible and we believe the Bible, but we often don't really experience it in the way that we read it. It's true, isn't it? And the reason for that is that there is an alignment of our life with the Word. When our Word, life aligns with the Word, there's this impartation that takes place in our heart. It says here in John chapter 6 and verse 63. Let me read this to you. John 6 and verse 63, it says this, It is the Spirit who gives life. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. He's fed the 5,000 and... Uh, and now he's, what he's doing, he, he's, he's actually speaking about communion. And he's told them that they've got to um, eat his flesh and drink his blood, which is it's a fabulous piece of scripture. It just really gets to the Pharisees. They don't have a clue what he's talking about. And John 6, 63 says this, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit... And they are life. 
Now, I want you to get this. The Bible says that our life is quickened by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus speaks to the disciples about his life that he is giving, is being poured out for them, it says at that time that many of the disciples decided at that time no longer to follow Jesus. They walked away. They couldn't handle his controversial teaching any longer. And they walked away. And Jesus looks at the twelve and he says, Will you leave also? And Peter responds, Where can we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Words of God are the Holy Spirit. Let me read this to you again. The words that I speak to you are spirit. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. How does the Holy Spirit move in your life but by us speaking and aligning our life with His Word, as His Word is spoken into our hearts, spoken over our lives, the words that are spoken begin to make a difference and there is an impartation of life and faith and power that happens. Every time in my life that I've found His presence, that I've found His power, that I've been quickened by the Holy Spirit to do something, it's been by a word, not just a feeling. Now, I love feeling the Holy Spirit. Cheryl and I have a wonderful, lovely, romantic, precious marriage. All the time. We never disagree. And, uh, but here's the thing, right? In a relationship, there's plenty of feeling. There's plenty of feeling. But the feeling is the joy of the relationship. It's not the glue. It's not the action. It's not the power. There's no, there's no power in the feeling. The feeling is the, is the additional precious part. The important part of a relationship is the word. The words that I speak and the words that she speaks is what gives the relationship power. And the power is what gives us the unction and life in the everyday. The words that Cheryl speaks to me empowers me to go off and buy her flowers. Words like, I haven't got any flowers. <laughs> I'm like, or yeah, I don't have a dress. Oh, that's a bit of a clue. Maybe she wants a dress. <laughs> So the words give power and power creates shift and change. The words that God has spoken in His Scripture and is speaking over our life are supernatural words which are changing our life. And as we align, if you want more the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not just that you open up your arms and you say, Holy Spirit, fill me. That is important. That's a, that's a critical time. It's so important for you to just open up your heart and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. But the power comes when you align yourself to the Word of God. And as the Word is spoken, so the Holy Spirit begins to move powerfully quickening the natural world around you. It says here in 1 Peter, let me finish with this, 1 Peter chapter 1, 
I didn't give this one to you, Dusan. 1 Peter 1, 22. 1 Peter 1, 22 says this. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Have a look at this in 23. Having been born again. Everyone say born again. You know, born again is a precious, precious moment of our lives. When we give our life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says we are born again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed. You see, when we're born, we're born of corruptible seed. And as we get older, we become more aware of the corruptible nature of our life and how quickly it fades. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God which lives and abides. Now get this. The Word of God which lives and abides. Now it's important that we understand the difference between living and abiding. Living, the Word of God lives, but where He lives is important. He lives forever, but He also abides forever. So His Word lives forever, but His Word abides in us forever. What carries us through to eternity? The Word of God. What carries your heart? The Word of God. The Holy Spirit in His power is in His Word. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But get this. But the Word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which, which by the gospel was preached to you. We've got to understand that the Holy Spirit quickens us. I am quickened by the Holy Spirit. My life is charged with His calling and His unction. His desire to touch and change humanity. To bring life and to bring blessing. To be a blessing. To be a spirit of generosity and love. To be grace. To be forgiveness. To be healing. To be hope in a place of hopelessness. You know, there are many moments in our lives in which we so often go through life and we fail to understand. It says in Romans 4 and 17, it says this. 4.17b, it says... God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is his word. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. What does that mean? It means that God is speaking about the things which we can't see. They don't exist because we can't see them, but they exist in God because he says they exist. Who, contrary to hope, or despite the fact that there is no hope, this is of Abraham, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Abraham was a man quickened by the Holy Spirit. His life was so filled with power because he believed the word. The Holy Spirit has spoken a word over your life. If you believe your life 
lay your life upon the word. I'll give my life to Jesus Christ. I'll lay down my life to Christ. I'll obey his word. Your life will be quickened. And you will do things which you said was impossible. People look out in this financial climate. There are people in this city losing jobs very quickly. While the rest of the country clap their hands and rejoice that the oil price is so low, this city weeps because it is based, its finances are based upon an oil price that should be a lot higher than what it is right now. But our life is quickened by a different rule system. We're not quickened by the money that comes from oil. We are quickened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we begin to speak a word that does not exist and call those things which are not as though they are. And we might look at a situation and say, it's impossible, it doesn't exist. I can't see how this can happen. Well, you don't need to see how it happens. You need to speak what God sees and what God says. And as you speak, your life is quickened. Cheryl and I, we spoke properties. We spoke buildings when we moved to this city. We spoke apostolic authority over this nation. God has given into our hand all of those things. They did not exist. They were not in our hand. We came with nothing. And we've been richly blessed by His grace because we spoke those things according to His word and our life was quickened by it. It's time for the Holy Spirit to set you free. Let your life be superseded by the word of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's stand up, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're doing an amazing miracle in our lives. You're supplying finances. And I want to speak over those who've given their lives to giving. And those who've seen their financial situations constrained and their natural circumstances. And you're speaking out what you see is natural. But we're speaking out those things which do not exist as though they do. And so we declare a prosperity that the house of God may grow strong. That our lives may regain purpose and power that we may be able to achieve all those things and the glory will go to God. For God will have His name written on all of our life. Our life is not constrained by this world, but it is quickened by the power of the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That same power action is moving in us. 
the same power action is moving in our finances. The same power action is working in our families. The same power action is working in our hearts and our minds. The same power action is overcoming depression. The same power action is overcoming cancer. The same power action is overcoming every constraint. The same power action of the Holy Spirit quickening our hearts and lives. We declare it now in your mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's appreciate our God this morning.